0: This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. I want to start today with something on the positive side, and that's a statement by Bishop Athanasius Schneider on the legacy of Benedict XVI. Bishop Schneider makes no reference to Pope Benedict's own statements that are in line with Francis in this letter that Schneider released over the weekend. Obviously, he wasn't going to do that, but he does remind us that Benedict's liberating of the apostolic mass will be remembered as a watershed moment in modern church history. And I think that is true. But his statement also comes with a warning about the state of the church. I'll let the bishop give you more details on that. His statement is relatively short. We're going to dive into what can only be described as a media campaign that's signaling to Francis that now that Benedict's gone, he's free to do what they want him to do to the church. The Legacy of the Pontificate of Pope Benedict XVI by Athanasius Schneider With the passing away of Pope Benedict XVI, many Catholics felt that they lost a clear and sure point of reference for their faith. One can have the sensation of orphan children. We can say that Pope Benedict XVI was a pope who put at the center of his personal life and of the life of the Church the supernatural view of the faith, and of the perennial validity of the holy tradition of the Church, which constitutes the source and pillar of our faith together with Holy Scripture. In this sense the greatest and most beneficial act of his pontificate was modu proprio sumorum pontificum, with the full restoration of the traditional Latin liturgy in all its expression, holy mass, sacraments, and all the other sacred rites this pontifical act will go down in history as epic making Pope benedict the sixteenth states that the traditional rite of the holy mass was never abrogated and should remain always in the church because what was holy for our forefathers and the saints must be holy for us and the future generations as well in a time as it was after the second vatican council where there was within the church an almost general movement of a radical rejection of the millennium old liturgical rite of the holy mass and therefore a rupture with the principle of the tradition itself the pontificate of benedict the 16th was worthwhile for the only reason of having issued the motu proprio sumorum pontificum with which began the healing of the wound in the body of the church the wound which was caused by the attitude of rejection and hatred of the venerable and millennium-old rule of the prayer of the Church. In his spiritual testament, Pope Benedict XVI left us, among others, the following substantial short phrase, which I consider the most important of all. Stand firm in the faith. Do not be confused. We witness in our day in the life of the Church a process of dilution of the Catholic faith and of adopting it the spirit of heretics, unbelievers, and apostates by the specious and euphoric name of synodality, and by abusing the canonical institution of a synod. Such a situation is demoralizing for all true Catholics. Therefore, the legacy of Pope Benedict XVI, which is expressed in the words, Stand firm in the faith, do not be confused, and in his epic making, modu proprio summorum pontificum, remains a light, an encouragement, and a consolation. This pope was strong in faith, a true lover of the non-perishable beauty and firmness of the traditional rite of the Holy Mass. He gave primacy to prayer, to the supernatural view, and to eternity. This legacy will overcome thanks the, to the intervention of divine providence, which never abandons his church, the current enormous doctrinal confusion, the creeping apostasy especially among a worldly and unbelieving caste of theologians, who are the new scribes, and among a creeping apostasy of not-a-few-high-ranking clergy, who are the new Sadducees. Pope Benedict XVI made shine brightly his Episcopal motto, Collaborates Veritates, i.e., Collaborators of the Truth. With this motto, he wants to say to each faithful Catholic, to each bishop, to each bishop, to priest, to each cardinal, and to Pope Francis as well, what really counts is the unshakable fidelity to the Catholic truth, to the constant and venerable liturgical tradition of the Church and the primacy of God and eternity. May God accept the prayers and spiritual sufferings which Pope Benedict 16th offered in his retired life and grant for the future of the Church fully Catholic and fully Apostolic bishops and popes. For, as St. Paul said, we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. See St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 8. Those are beautiful words and a good warning from Schneider. But our main story is not so positive. The secular media are gushing over the fact that Benedict is now gone and no longer an obstacle to Francis' efforts to quote-unquote reform the church. and By reform I mean remake the church into the image and likeness of the secular world to establish an ape of the church that looks Catholic but is emptied of its divine content To paraphrase the famous ape-of-the-church warning and prophecy given by Fulton Sheen several decades ago, the secular world is signaling that Francis can move the church forward, meaning more in line with what the church authorities want from the church to be a useful ally to the secular world, and that he's free to do so because Benedict is gone, and they're using Catholic voices to make the case for them. Such is the case here with the Wall Street Journal which is several articles detailing how Francis has a freer hand now that Benedict is gone. Here is one by a well-known Catholic writer, Francis Roca. Headline, Pope Francis may have a freer hand after death of Benedict. Retired Pope differed with his successor on matters including the Ted McCarrick problem in the church and interfaith dialogue. So this is kind of the part of the tug of war going on for the identity and legacy of benedict with on the one hand some traditionally mighty catholics trying to turn benedict into a defender of tradition and i don't think that's accurate to be honest with you and on the other secularists and modernists trying to frame benedict as a great obstacle to the to francis's great leap forward that he's pushing on the church the truth of course was something else entirely something that was in the middle of those two positions, but here we see Benedict as the great barrier to Francis' narrative on full display. So from the Wall Street Journal article written by a Catholic, quote, Pope Francis has been the leader of the Catholic Church for almost 10 years, but he has been the only Pope in the Vatican just since Saturday. The death of Pope Benedict XVI came after a decade in retirement, has ended an extraordinary arrangement that helped define the current pontificate. While Pope Francis has already taken a markedly different tack than his predecessor, he may feel even freer to do so now. Benedict's presence in smiling and mostly silent obedience to his successor was a reassuring sign to many conservatives of continuity in church leadership and hence of support for Pope Francis. But that made Benedict's occasional public statements all the more influential, especially when they indicated divergence with the current Pope's approach on matters, including the um, Ted McCarrick problem and interfaith dialogue. Pope Francis, who stressed his esteem for his predecessor, had an interest in avoiding explicit disagreement. <laughs> End quote. Here we see a subtle framing. Francis wanted to avoid drama, but Benedict would occasionally upset the apple cart by releasing statements that went against some program or other of Francis's. The article hyperlinks to a statement by Benedict on the mess that plagued Germany a year ago, and where he references some things Francis was saying about how to deal with things. Just last year, the church in Germany was actively blaming Benedict for their own Ted McCarrick problem while using the problem to actively try to change the Catholic faith into something far more secular in the name of preventing those evil deeds from ever happening again, even though their reforms would actually make it more likely to have it happen again. Now in Germany, they sing Benedict's praises. Literally the same bishops who blamed him for the problems they themselves are responsible for now, sing his praises in the strangest display of fake piety I have ever seen. Perhaps the only thing almost good about these reports claiming Francis has a freer hand to change the church now that Benedict is gone is that Francis is now able to establish rules for future retired pontiffs, as if popes retiring should be normalized, which they shouldn't be, but This article does make that argument, and it does invoke one of the frankly nastiest post-death critics of Benedict, Pastor Tommy Reese of the Jesuit Church. Quote, Pope Francis is now also freer to establish a protocol for retired popes, to make it clear that there is only one pontiff at a time, according to the Reverend Thomas Reese, author of the book Inside the Vatican. Critics on both left and right have said clear rules are necessary to avoid confusion about the church's leadership. He could not do it while Benedict was alive because it would have been seen as a criticism of Benedict and would have been seen as a demeaning if the retired pope had been told to stop wearing white, not call himself pope, and return to his baptismal name, Father Rees said. Benedict consistently refrained from criticizing his successor in public, which may have exerted a restraining influence on some of his conservative followers, an influence now lifted with his death." Pastor Tommy Reese is an interesting choice for Mr. Rocha to extensively quote, Pastor Reese is a Jesuit evangelical minister who wrote an article a year ago saying he forgave Benedict for defending the integrity of the faith against innovations that he wanted to see, and Then the day Benedict passed away, Pastor Reese promoted that article heavily in a move that can only be described as triumphalist and celebratory in nature. It's an ugly look to celebrate the passing of someone that many Catholics from across the theological and ideological spectrums in the church are actively mourning. Again, I will be crazy when I say this, but Father James Martin was better on this. But Pastor Reese went there, and it's curious that Mr. Roca included him in the article, unless the point was to signal to those reading and those in positions of authority the positions of Pastor Reese are to be the approved positions in the church, and they're all the worst of the worst modernist ideas. And make no mistake, Pastor Reese is a very well-known, highly regarded figure among the modernists in America. But I'm curious what you think of this. Is Benedict's passing the removal of a barrier for Francis? Is he free to subvert the faith at will, as the Wall Street Journal is reminding him? Or are there other barriers to Bergoglian, the Bergoglian program in the church? Let me know what you think of this in the comments. Please like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As to sharing this on social media, that helps a lot too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.